Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, I'm Barry Guy. I mentioned last week that the Black Cabs had some luck to get where they were at the World Cup and will probably need a whole lot more to go any further. Well, I'm quite happy to say that I was completely wrong and Kane Williamson's side turned in a gutsy performance to make their second straight final. They'll meet uh, hosts England in that final Sunday night at Lords. On our panel to discuss their chances are White Ferns batter Susie Bates, our cricket reporter Clay Wilson and Ravinder Hunia, has, who has been covering the latter part of the tournament for us in Britain. Firstly, Susie, uh, your thoughts on that semi-final victory over India, considering after the first day most of us were thinking that perhaps uh, they didn't have enough runs on the board. Yeah, I think it was... Um you know, one of those things where you don't often get a one-day game over two days and um, the New Zealand media had the night to sort of write them off and, and they come out and, you know, that performance was just brilliant. I think Ross and Kane, it just showed how much experience they had and they, you know, they understood the conditions of the wicket and, and knew that 240 was perhaps enough to keep them in the game. So, yeah, I haven't seen them bowl that well as a group in a while. Yeah, that bowling performance uh, to knock the top off the Indian order was uh, quite impressive. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to get Sharma and Kohli early, that was going to be um, the key to making sure they had a chance at the back end because um, we know with the Indian depth that they need to take wickets. And that's the exciting thing. I think someone like Trent Bolt can get any of the top order out and we'll need him to get Roy and Besto early, I think. But Matt Henry's also um, shown he can take wickets up the top as well. Clay, this tournament and the latter part of this tournament has just shown the uh, what makes cricket cricket, really, isn't it? That it's um, you know it's not just all bash and um, you know uh, it, it's fighting till the end. Well, there was so much talk before the tournament about record scores and four hundred and even five hundred. Some people were talking about, but actually, most of the best games at this tournament have been those low-scoring, traditional 230, 240, 250, 260-type games. They've um, created the best games at this tournament so far, and that semi-final against India was just a perfect example of that. New Zealand set uh, a total that, in the modern-day game, perhaps isn't considered that great, but on that wicket, and Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor clearly assessed the state of that pitch brilliantly, was really, really tricky. Of course, we needed wickets up top. We got that, um, and... India were always going to have enough depth to create um, a bit of excitement at the end. But in the end, we had enough runs and we bowled well enough at the top to get the job done. So Susie, beating probably the favourites in the semi-final, what about the final? Any reason the Black Caps can't win? No, I don't I don't think so. I think um, now it's at that, that final stage. Um, if 
that you know the opening bowlers can take early wickets. I think we have as good a chance um, as any of the teams to win the tournament, and um, it does take. I think, um, as you've seen, if you can knock off the top order in any of these teams, you've got a really good chance. Um, so, look, England—they looked pretty impressive today. I didn't see too much of it, but to win with 18 overs or so um, against Australia, I don't think you see that too often. Um, so, look, they're going to be dangerous and at home, but um, there's added pressure with that as well. So it's just going to be a brilliant day and hopefully the Black Caps have learnt from um, the last final and, and go in there and just believe if they play good cricket, they'll compete. Any help, any advantage in that they're playing England? Um, look, I think, no, there's not too much difference. I think England and Australia are both very good teams on their day. I just don't think Australia... Played very well today and, um, you know, lost the early wickets and perhaps the toss, you know, played a part. But look, I, I think England at home, it's just going to be a brilliant atmosphere and, and maybe that works in our advantage that there's a little bit of added pressure with that. Yeah, I don't think the Black Caps will actually mind. I think they actually prefer being underdogs. It's the obviously the Kiwi mentality. The underdog, we thrive on that. And uh, also... Like Susie said, the pressure is really on England here. So New Zealand being underdogs and no one expecting anything of them, um, it's actually a really good position to be in. They're going to go into this game really with nothing to lose. England are the favourites on home soil at the home of cricket. Um, doesn't mean that the pressure is going to get to them and they, they really embraced it in that uh, game against Australia, that semi-final. But I think that's got to be to New Zealand's advantage that we're going to take that underdog tag in and the pressure is on England. Susie, you're in Britain. You play regularly over there. Is there any chance uh, England will bottle it? Uh, I think, um, to be fair to them, um, you know, they almost looked like they were going to bottle it in the pool stage and and they've really come out of that and they're looking like the, the strongest team. And that's probably helped them a little bit as well to be facing elimination and then to play the way they have. I think they've taken a huge amount of confidence. But... I think um, the English supporters, I was watching the end today, I was at a charity match and even when they only needed 60 odd runs, they still didn't believe it till it happened because I think they've um, experienced some England collapses. So look, you never know, um, anything can happen and we've seen that all throughout the tournament. So look, it's going to be um, an exciting day and I'm just happy I'm in, in this country to maybe get into the ground or at least just be around for the atmosphere. What about the toss? You know, is there, is there a fear that that will, you know, perhaps determine the outcome? Well, I heard everyone talking about the toss today and when the Australians won the toss and batted first that they were in the box seat and that proved to be completely wrong. So I just think every wicket over here, just depending on how the weather's been and, and how the ground's been prepared, people think they can read and it's played differently and um all the matches, so look, I'd like to think it doesn't play a massive part and it's a pretty even contest regardless. Yeah, Pakistan scored 300 twice there. New Zealand was dismissed for 157 in their loss to Australia. This is at Lords, And uh, England scored uh, only 221 there in their loss to Australia. Um, Clay, you know, just, just your thoughts on, on how this uh, final may go. 
Well, just in terms of the wicket, we've seen how different they've been across every game. And you touched on there, New Zealand's game was quite a low and slow wicket. And then that Pakistan game was a high scoring fixture. So I guess we're not going to really know. I assume it's going to be a, a fresh wicket. So um, that was the same case for the semi final against India. And of course, New Zealand completely misread that pitch, thought it was going to be good for batting, opted to bat first, and then it became quite tricky to bat on. So we're not going to really know. But um, I, I just think excitement, really. Like New Zealand. Uh, like I said, are going to go in as underdogs and England definitely deserve favourites. On paper, the better team and probably in better, arguably in better, better form. Susie touched on um, they had their troubles uh, during the pool stages. They come out of that. They've come into this final on the back of three wins, so are deservedly going to be favourites for this game. But New Zealand have shown if they step up and perform, they can apply pressure. They can beat any team on their day. So it's really it's going to come down to a, a one-off uh, performance and who's who's going to put it out there to, to take away the trophy. Susie, uh, New Zealand has a sort of reputation of sticking with the tried and true, but um, Catherine Ryan just bailed me up in the kitchen just before as I was getting a coffee and said, how about moving Martin Guptill down to about six? Would, would you make any changes? Well, I think it's, it's tough when you've played a game like that to drop anyone and look, everyone knows um, Guptill struggles throughout the tournament, but sometimes you do get picked for your field and he's absolutely brilliant in the field and they just hope that he can come good um, in the final and I think they'll stick with him um, and yeah look it's hard to change a winning side so I can't see them do anything unless they want to sort of shake things up and surprise England but I think they've got the 11 that they believe can win in those big moments. Well, if anyone's listening and has a spare ticket, Susie is over there and is keen to uh, get a ticket. We can help out with that. But that's someone that has seen all of the recent matches and thoroughly enjoyed it, Ravinda Hunia, who's been covering the tournament for us. I understand you were almost overwhelmed by the Indian support in that semi-final. Oh, I could say that I was overwhelmed. I, I've just never experienced anything like that ever you know, at any sports ground, I just, it was just the passion, the culture, the the music, the language, it was just, it was absolutely something else. And I mean, there's only seven New Zealand reporters that were in that press box and I can't even count countless uh, Indian journalists and they all got seats in the press box and us New Zealand reporters, well, half of us, we had to sit outside, so we're outside setting up our laptops and whatever, so when the rain came down, it came down on us also, but the best part about it was sitting in the crowd, like literally just behind me, there were people absolutely screaming, it was it was just deafening and an experience that I, I could just never forget. Well, you, you face the same prospect in the final, of course, because uh, the media area is going to be full of uh, English reporters <laughs> now, and you're also going to be on the outer mm. Yeah, that's right. We'll be on the outer again, but um, I, I, I welcome that. I think I would prefer being out there. The weather looks to be good on um, Sunday here, so and warm. So I'm actually really looking forward to being out there amongst it all. And uh, what about the fans? Uh, you know, because they were vastly outnumbered in that India game, and I imagine they're going to be the same at Lords. Although um, I also do understand that a fair few Indians had got tickets for the final and. They may well be supporting the Black Caps. Yeah, I think there will be. The fans were just buying tickets and hoping to see their team perform at the game they were going to. And that was definitely the case at that last semi-final. But 
because it was two days, um, you would have seen in the crowds that there were a lot less supporters there on day two. That's because a lot of them were they had travelling um, plans to get down to Lords to watch India in the final. So there will be a lot of Indians there. The last time I went to the New Zealand-Australia match at Lords, there was a lot of um, Indian fans there, and they were all supporting New Zealand uh, on that day. So I- I'm thinking, yeah, they'll be supporting New Zealand. Yeah, well, I guess no doubt that uh, Indian support might help New Zealand, um, but there's no doubt it's a pretty stiff task when you look at this English lineup, um, especially when you look at their batting, Jason Roy and Johnny Bairstow up the top um, have been just virtually unstoppable for England throughout this tournament and getting their wickets is going to be key so how New Zealand go, goes about this is going to be really important, getting those wickets, then then you've got to go on the likes of Joe Root and Owen Morgan come under that Ben Stokes, arguably one of if not the best all-rounders going around so um, a very difficult task but we've seen what New Zealand have been able to do with the ball in that game against India and if they can replicate that and then with the bat get some support for the likes of Williamson and Taylor. Um, Martin Guptill, perhaps the confidence of that brilliant run out he produced to to remove him Estonia in the semi-final will hopefully flow over into the final um, and then he can provide some support to Williamson, Taylor and then we might be able to get Nisham, uh, de Gronholm, the all-rounders in, in that latter stage where they're at their best, where they can finish really finish the innings off and, and take New Zealand to a win or take New Zealand to a really um, a really good total. So so let's see, it's not going to be an easy task and certainly with bat and ball, England have match winners throughout, but New Zealand have the same and if they can step up and perform perhaps beyond the expectation, there's no doubt they can win. Well, New Zealand and England are also contenders in another sport which is happening over uh, the next week and that's the Netball World Cup being held in Liverpool which Ravindia will, uh, uh, after this uh, cricket tournament, go and cover for us. Uh, Ravindia, the news <laughs> that uh, Katrina Rore has uh, been confirmed in the squad. You know, um, there's a lot of expectation on the Silver Ferns who haven't really performed in the last couple of years um, but here's the opportunity to come up against the likes of Australia, England, uh, Caribbean side, South Africa, it, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, and I'll just start off with the Black Caps uh, setting the bar pretty high in terms of World Cup results at the moment. So hopefully they don't feel that pressure on their shoulders as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a tough task. And everything that they've worked towards since Nolene Thodua's, um inclusion to the time, well, appointment to the team uh, has come to this very moment, to this game against Malawi. So, of course, last time they faced Malawi was at the Commonwealth Games and they lost to them. And that was a historical loss. So they all want to um, kick off their World Cup campaign um, with a hiss and a roar and really showing that they are, you know, contenders for a final. Uh, as we all know, again, they didn't make that final at the Commonwealth Games. So coming into the competition for uh, perhaps they they either feel the pressure to have to perform well to prove that they are better than that, or they come in without that pressure on their um, on their shoulders. So hopefully it's the latter, and that uh, they can just really try and use tonight's game to really solidify some combinations and get the ball rolling on court. Uh, and Ravinder, you've been following uh, so many sports in the, the last couple of weeks, and for a while there, Wimbledon had sort of uh, taken all the headlines. But now that England's made the the final of the Cricket World Cup, it's sort of uh, you know uh, got some of the headlines yeah, back. Upsided. Yeah, that's right. Well, when I first got here, it was the FIFA Women's World Cup, um, uh, Football World Cup, and then of course Wimbledon and the the English weren't doing so well in the World Cup at that stage. So the cricket took a, a 
back seat, all right? And then now it's all over the news. It's all over the papers. I got to the hotel today and they've got it up on the screens. Um, England-Australia match this afternoon. A lot of Indian fans were here watching that game as well. So, uh, yeah, the hype has really grown tenfold and a result actually been able to get out of the hotel since that result. So it'll be interest, interesting to see what's happening out and about. Enjoy your weekend, uh, Ravinder. It's going to be a busy one. Let's a little closer to home now and talk some uh, rugby with uh, Joe Porter and uh, Joe uh, Bowden Barrett is off to the Blues. Uh, he certainly makes a difference when he's playing for the Hurricanes and I imagine that uh, Leon McDonald is hoping he does significant things with the Blues for the next four years. Well, that's right. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a more marquee player and the Blues have been lacking a first five. We were looking through the... The books this morning, Bazza, and it looks like back into Carlos Spencer's the last real first five they had. So they've spent a, a fair chunk of time in the Super Rugby competition without a, a backline general, and their results have suffered because of that. Now, will he be the silver bullet to the Blues' woes, Bowden Barrett? I don't think so. I don't think one player can make that much of a difference to a side that hasn't made the playoffs in, what, eight years or something. Uh, however, he will lift their game remarkably in the sense that it puts them into contention even before they get out there. It lifts the players around them. They've got the World Rugby Player of the Year two times in a row in their side. There's just all sorts of mental boosts that come with it. So I suppose it does give them a huge asset, and it's a real loss for the Hurricanes. They'll struggle to replace him. But it's not going to be the silver bullet that cures the Blues' woes, that's for sure. They need another 10 players first. But that is a position that has is, is significant in New oh, Zealand because course. all of a sudden the Hurricanes. That's right. You know, or Terry Black does he it now come up. back? Uh, uh, Fletcher Smith, you know, he came here. Garden Bashup, you know, um, with does, Damien yeah. McKenzie out of the Chiefs, they were again were a little bit stuck. So um, it'll have flow on effects. You're absolutely right. The Hurricanes now do they go with Jackson Garden Bashup or one of their? younger players, someone from outside the region who's a more proven first five. I mean, is Josh Iwani the next, the next best off the rank, the Highlanders' first five? I'm not so sure. Um, but it will have other ramifications as well. Geordie Barrett, Bowden's younger brother and all-black outside backers off contract with the Hurricanes this year. He's going to go to the Crusaders and join Scott down there. The oil has it. So, look, there'll be lots of ramifications for the Hurricanes. They'll lose Bowden Barrett. They will lose Geordie Barrett, it looks like. They may lose some other players as well. So no wonder they tried so very hard to shift heaven and earth to keep Bowden here and to allow him to commute and do all those other things and offer him a big amount of money. The Blues just came over the top of that and his wife is obviously very very persuasive and wants to move to Auckland, so best of luck to them. But it will have a lot of ramifications, you're right. It'll change up the whole scene of Super Rugby and you might find a few players moving all over the place. Uh, because there are so many now that are more or less taking the start of the 2019 season off, the All Blacks anyway, that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just trying to think back to 2016 now after that World Cup. Is there going to be... That amount of uh, change in the game for New Zealand Super Rugby teams post a World Cup. I mean, what are we what are we looking at Probably. next year? I mean, the shift of Barrett is is monumental in the sense that it, yeah, really does change the dynamic. But apart from that, look, you look at guys like Owen Franks who are leaving, Sam Whitelock's taking a year off. The Crusaders are the ones who are largely affected. No one else is really touched by the departure of that many All Blacks. I think Brodie Retallick's away for the Chiefs, and the Blues have done well on that on that regard because they get Bodie next year for the Super season, whereas the Chiefs don't get Retallick on a similar sort of a deal. He's taken a, a year out of Super Rugby. So um, there'll be a lot of big names missing from the competition next year. There always are because of injuries anyway. You look at the Crusaders' ability to replace guys like Owen Franks with the front rows they have, I think they'll do all right. But yeah, the competition will be, will be dearth of some stars next year, some big-name All Blacks, so I guess it provides an opportunity... 
for younger guys to come through and stamp their mark and perhaps for other teams to get a sniff because otherwise it would be the Crusaders, you know, for a four-peat and nothing but. So... Perhaps it does that's shake what Steve Hansen will yeah, say anyway. But yeah. it's, uh, well, perhaps it does yeah. shake up the scene a bit, and that's not a bad thing necessarily if it makes it a more even spread. But, uh, uh, yeah, it looks like the competition will be weaker from a New Zealand point of view, that's for sure. Yeah, the Highlanders will be even lesser, uh, yeah, uh, no lesser ben, names. Without that, Ben Smith, I mean, they're cooked. You know, a few others as well that are moving. No Naholo. Um, yeah, mm. and the, the Crusaders lose Liam a lot. Squire. Matt Todd's another one that's going. I mean, these guys are irreplaceable in, in, the, in the short term, but... New Zealand rugby produces them. They'll come in quick. I mean, you guys like Jordan Tofua, he's off. He's a great player, but he can't even get a start for the Crusaders. So, yeah. Well, that's next year. You know, we've got the World Cup to look forward to uh, this year. Um, so uh, good luck to the uh, to the All Blacks as they start their campaign, and good luck to the Black Caps also in the World Cup final. Uh, many thanks to uh, our international cricketer on this uh, today, Susie Bates, also RNZ Sports reporters Clay Wilson, Ravinda Hunia, and Joe Porter. That's extra time for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.